Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. You're listening to the Sports Scramble Podcast, where four friends serve up a weekly plate of sports with a side of SEC bias. Now, here are your hosts, Chet, Jacob, Wade, and Tyler. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Sports Scramble podcast. It is Sunday night, so we are back with a new episode. Uh, there are four of us tonight, but not the same four that you usually see. Uh, instead of Chet tonight, uh, we've got NASCAR Neil with us to recap some of what's been going on in the playoff race uh, so far late late in the season. Uh, so we're going to go in reverse order uh, with our show tonight, and we're going to lead off with NASCAR. And we'll let Neil uh, take the floor here and uh, tell us what's been going on in the NASCAR world. Uh, so today finished up the main part of the playoffs. We are now entering the championship race next Sunday at Phoenix for all three series. Christopher Bell today won, uh, locking himself in the next round. He was a must-win situation at coming going to Martinsville and managed to do it again. As you remember, a few weeks ago when I was on talking about the race at the Charlotte Roval, again, he was in a must-win situation to advance below, couldn't get on points, managed to pull it off again tonight. He pulled off another must-win situation to lock himself into the Final Four. And and it was one of those situations where last week a non-playoff driver won, so it was very much so a chance that he could have three guys get in on points. With with Bell winning, it only allowed two people to get in on points. So our final four drivers for the Cup Series is Joey Logano, who had a win at Vegas two weeks ago, Christopher Bell getting the win today, Ross Chastain, and then Chase Elliott getting in as the number four driver of the playoffs this year. As I've spoken before, he's my he was my favorite to win the championship this year. Uh, has had a tough break some of these races, but he is a past champion who has won the race at Phoenix and stuff. So I still think I still have him as as my favorite to win it next week. You got the four but, seed. You got the underdog. He, yeah, I got the underdog. But really how NASCAR does their championship races, it's whoever finishes the highest of the four drivers in there. So at this point, stage points, positioning, none of that matters. Just whoever finishes the highest. So it's a kind of a different twist to how they do it throughout the other playoffs. It's where it generally sides on stage wins, stage positioning, laps led, all that kind of stuff. But now it's whoever finishes the best. And hey, I mean, it's a race. I think that makes yeah, sense, it is. Right? <laughs> and, it, and it goes back to the philosophy of the way the playoff works, where, you know, it's a win you get in situation, puts the emphasis on winning. So it's kind of fun, but but it also throws out, you know, we have Chase Briscoe, who was a driver in the round of eight, who won there in the spring and dominated there all spring. So 
he could very well show back up with the same setup he had in the, in the spring and dominate again and, and could end up having another situation. Or on the owner's playoff side, Kyle Larson, who's still in it on that side with a win last week, because it's a little bit different playoffs. They have owner's points and versus driver's teams. It's a little bit different. Typically they overlap, but some situations they don't. And this, this year happens to be that the final there's a different final four for that than it actually is drivers. And he could go and win that, win that championship as a win, but then somebody else win the actual driver's championship, which people refer to as the true champion. But yeah, but 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 in that series, Elliot is my go-to champion for that week. And then I want to break down the Xfinity and the truck series as well, because I haven't really talked about it much this year, but I'll break those down as well because it is the final race of the year. In the Xfinity series, I'm going with Noah Gragson. The man's got Eight wins this year has been very dominant and stuff. It should be fun. However, in his case, he can't really rely on teammates for help as other people can because he has two other teammates in the Final Four with him as well, where that organization, which is Junior Motorsports, owned by the famed Dale Earnhardt Jr., has three of his three of the four drivers in the Final Four are his drivers. So that's kind of exciting, kind of cool. But I think Noah Grass is going to win that series. And then going into the truck series, I think in last year's champion Ben Rhodes is going to get is going to get a repeat this year. The man's been fast; it has some issues recently, but the man can drive Phoenix really well. So those are my three winners of the three series. So I'm excited. I really hope Ben Rhodes wins the truck series because last year his post race and championship speeches were amazing. The man was drunk off his ass and started rambling. And at one point, he thanked thanked his best friend Bud, as in Budweiser. So right. it, was a le- it was a legendary post-championship speech that I hope he repeats it this year. So All right, so yeah. let me ask you this. With that new format, does that kind of limit the aggressiveness that the drivers can race with? Because if they were to get wiped out by an early accident, there's no safety net. I mean, they're they're done, and they're going to finish low on the pole. Uh, not really. I mean, it, it kind of sets up because in some races in the playoffs, you if you're, if you're trying to, like – in the first few races of each round, typically if you're lower in the rankings because of how you had points going in from around around the resets, some people are more aggressive on stages where you may try to go for the stage one and two wins to get those points to move on and then but not really set yourself up for a win at the end. But with this format, it's you will do different kind of pit strategies to try to set yourself up where you're up on the front of the end, where you may piddle earlier, you may not pit towards the end. Instead of in last year's championship race came down to the last pit stop and stuff where it the, or the cycle happened with 32 to go. And it happened to be that the Kyle Larson, who was the winner last year was had the fastest car for up to up to about 35 laps. And after that, Martin Truex Jr. Had the fast car for that point. And they both pitted Truex fell back. He had a slow, little bit slower pit stop. And with that shorter run, Larson edged him out. Barely that race went to the three laps. Larson probably would have lost it. Truex probably would have gotten the win for his second championship, but just kind of how it goes and kind of makes the whole race. And Phoenix is a funky little track. It's not a true oval. It's got a smaller one end than the other with a weird dog leg on the front stretch. But yeah, it's exciting. It's a weird track. I don't really like it. The championship being there because it is kind of odd and it's kind of gimmicky in a way with the, with the shape. I'd rather than be at somewhere such as Homestead, Miami, where they were last weekend, where it's a good true oval. And with this new car being so good on ovals on the mile and half ovals, it lends itself to, I think that would be a better way to cap it off and have a true race itself instead of having a weird track where they cut the, cut the dog leg every week. And it's every time it's kind of funky. So. No, Neil, do you see like from your perspective, do you think that 
late in the season, do you think it's more about momentum runs for guys or it's just about how they feel on that track? You know, is it, uh, it, it can be both. Like sometimes you get drivers who get a hot late run. Like last year, last year, uh, I think it was actually two years ago, Chase Elliott, the man did not win on oval all year, won on all road courses through the entire 2020 season. It's a COVID season where they ran a, a limited schedule because the way they were able to come back and run only run in certain tracks because of COVID restrictions and, but managed to win at Phoenix, you know, after doing his stuff. And it also part of it goes into manufacturers, you know, and your teammates, Whereas if you have teammates who are where you're the only one in the playoffs for your team, you, you, you that things that other crew chiefs on the other, other cars in your organization may have tricks and setups, you know, adjustments. They may hand them to you and say, Hey, try this because you'd rather your whole organization get a win compared to the organization. Like I mentioned in the Xfinity series with junior motorsports, they have three cars in the playoffs in the final four. You're not going to get really that much help from that and stuff. Which in that that series, I think you know Graxon will get the win, and it's and this is his last year in the Xfinity series because he's got a full time Cup ride next year with Petty GMS, and I think he's itching. The man's got eight wins. I watched him win in person at Texas uh, two months about a month a month and a half ago. The guy's fast, has eight wins, a huge momentum. He won last weekend, uh, which I think with momentum with him, it's going to carry. He had a he had a solid day yesterday too and stuff. Losing, I think he finished. If he, I think he finished top 10, I think. I'm going to double check real quick while I'm looking at it to make sure so I can not inform you all wrong on this. Yeah, we can't have any fake news on this I, I'm not trying We're to very do very factual so, so, and unbiased. So, so Noah Gragson finished fourth yesterday at Martinsville. I mean, the, the man has the top five, top five speed. He's been very consistent, and which is why I think he's going to do it. Or Josh Berry could very well do it, which which I wouldn't be against that, but – but because it, the way that track lends it somewhere where Josh Berry could do it. And the winner of that race for the Xfinity series in the cup series, it was Chase Briscoe, who was my hope to win today and make the next round, because it would have just been fun <laughs> to see somebody like that who hasn't really ran good anywhere, but there pull it off and stuff. So actually I'm not even seeing, actually, I don't think, uh, Actually, uh, actually, actually, Noah Graxon actually won Phoenix earlier this year in the Xfinity Series, so he's definitely my pick for that series after winning there just earlier in the year. So that, that's my pick for that series. I think Elliott wins the Cup. I think Ben Rhodes wins in the trucks. But yeah. something I want to touch on was something that crazy happened yesterday into the, the Xfinity race, and it kind of is a hot-button issue in our sport, which, which is nepotism. A lot of drivers have rides because of family members and family ties, just part of the sport. And stuff, but there's a big issue with a driver named Ty Gibbs. He's 19 years old. His grandfather owns Joe Gibbs Racing, which is one of the big three teams. His grandfather is also known in the football world as being the former head coach of the Redskins, yeah. and is actually is an NFL Hall of Famer in football as well as NASCAR. But he yesterday in the race, one of his teammates, uh, Ben Jones, uh, uh, yeah, Ben Jones, I think is his name, or yeah. Ben Jones, I believe, uh, he uh, was up. He he was leading the race. Was it what was a runaway driver that needed a win to move on, and was leading the race. And on the last lap, he after multiple restarts, they were causing chaos in the race, having multiple two lap restarts uh, for the overtime, and he completely dumps him on the last lap to pass him for the win and get the win, even though he'd already clinched in on points for the next round. He had enough points built up. He was able to clinch middle middle of the race. 
And it kind of brought up the tension was, why would you wreck a teammate who's about to make the playoffs and would have split the Final Four field into half Gibbs, Gibbs cars, half GRM cars? But he dumped them and came out of the car saying, oh, I was just doing what I had to do. To, I want to win, blah, blah. What, didn't even acknowledge the fact that he wrecked, wrecked, wrecked his own teammate. Yes, yeah, that pretty, teammate is uh, leaving. pretty low. <laughs> it, it's a very low moment, and people are going to like it because – you know, uh, you could hear on the TV broadcast the entire track was was chanting "Thank you, Grandpa" to him because everybody knows he's everybody knows he's going to get away with it. And uh, NASCAR in a NASCAR power brand I love called Couch Racer. Within 30 minutes, they had a, they already had a shirt made on pre-order saying "Thank you, Grandpa." Like it's it's brutal. Yeah, <laughs> do you see like, something I'll have to learn from? <laughs> do you like? Do you see NASCAR as like one of the pettiest sports? Like out there, just because like guys have such a We're hate petty when we drive. Each other. No, no, like I don't really see his pay. Like I mean, in generally, like the philosophy has always been they police the garage. They police the garage themselves. Like you have an issue with somebody, they take care of it internally. Two weeks ago, we actually had a driver right, get suspended. Baseball, you, know, you, know, you know, and as we mentioned, I know I said the update to you where we had a driver get suspended two weeks ago for potentially wrecking a guy on the front stretch. Got suspended a race, you know, but but you know, but generally, like it's. It was just kind of a dumb thing, and people don't already don't like the guy. He's one of the people when he walks out, they boo him. There's a handful of drivers they boo every week. It's you know typically Kyle Busch gets booed, Bubba Wallace gets booed, uh, Denny Hamill will get booed depending on where we're at, and then now Ty Gibbs. And it's also and people a big hatred issue with him is he's is he stepping into the 18 car, which was which is formerly ran by Kyle Busch who's leaving the organization due to not getting a deal deal agreed with the team and stuff. And that car is iconic. They Kyle Busch won, won so two championships with the team. Very iconic. Ran, ran with ran, ran with, with Mars and M's. With them leaving the sport, he had to leave, he left the team kind of thing. But it's like and, – and the guy is young. He needs to spend more time in the Xfinity Series. But when Grandpa owns the team, you can get moved up earlier than you're ready. And I think he's going to be in for awakening when he tries to do that stuff to the veterans who have been around for, for 10, 15 years in the series – they won't put up with it. They'll put him in the wall, and not yeah. and not not think twice about it. Well, I think Ty Gibbs would fit perfect in that eighteen car, especially after Kyle Busch leaves. Because I mean, Kyle Busch has always been, I guess, yeah, the like guy who likes to dump people, anyways. And... Yeah, but <laughs> it's but the kid's nineteen years. Like it's like, it, and there's a, there's some people who believe like he's too young and too immature, and he's really shown it lately. You know, he got an incident, and he's been running cut for. The better part, of the, the better part, of the second half of the season after Kurt Busch got got it, got it, got, it, got his concussion at Pocono during practice, he filled in for the car, and that's a whole other debate whether or not they should have put him in the car instead of their go-to planned backup driver, which is influenced from team owner Denny Hamlin got influenced by his boss because he drives for, for for the Gibbs organization, but it's and the guys did okay, but he's but he's still done some immature things. He 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 almost wrecked a guy on pit road. Almost hit a hit a pit crew member on another team on pit road. Like he's done some mistakes that it shows he's not quite ready to be up at the be up at the couple of with the with all the big guys. You know, it's yeah. It sounds like it sounds like he doesn't need his driver's license. Period. Uh, I mean, <laughs> like and like, and, and I've heard interviews a, a few months ago. He was on the Dale Jr. Download, which is the regarded as one of the highest podcast in motorsports and NASCAR. It's a weekly show hosted by Dale Jr. Jr. It's a it's a staple in the, in the motorsports industry podcast he interviews people in the sport every week and he had him on there and i started to like the guy but then then the very next week he went out and did some dumb stuff and i'm like never mind 
But I kind of want to move on to a big incident that happened today in the last lap of the race was uh, going into the last lap, the two laps shootout, the last two laps and stuff. With Martinsville, it's a half-mile track, so it's very tiny, very tight, low speed typically. I mean, you typically run 80 miles per hour around there. And on the straightaways, it's very low speed. And going to, going to the final, uh, uh, Chris Bell uh, was in the lead. Was No one was really going to touch him. He had a massive lead. And Elliot had Chase Elliott had a nice point cushion, wasn't really worried about getting falling below the line. But Denny Hamlin was up on Ross Chastain by by less than 10 points going into the going into turns three and four on the last lap. And out of nowhere, you're watching is scoring Denny as plus one point going into the checkered flag. And the most people initially missed it, but Ross Chastain on the backstretch goes into fifth gear. Runs his car around the outer wall in a hell that on, that on a hail mary type situation. You know, he's gonna he, he had to try something to make the playoffs and managed to get past ten or ten or fifteen cars and ends up passing Denny Hamlin, which he didn't even have to pass Denny Hamlin. He's had to gain enough spots on everybody else to do it and ends up getting into the uh, playoff by, ahead of Denny. And it's an insane clip. I recommend anybody go watch it. Like it's. It's one of the most insane things I've ever seen. I was in shock for 10 minutes after him. I was like, I couldn't believe that actually happened and it worked. And it was one of those things, there's a philosophy back in the day was you either go out, you know, with a checker flag or a record, you know, it's record checker mentality. And he did that not for the win, but for the advance to the final four. And this is a guy who I had out, who is a guy who had, I had not making it past around 12 at best. And now he does that kind of move to make it, and it, it to me it almost overshadows Chris Bell being in a muscling situation two rounds. Yeah, in a I mean, row I thought he won the like, race based off all the coverage. <laughs> oh yeah, it was it was insane. Like it's and it's it's one of those things. Like the guy, and I have mixed feelings with the guy. He ran really dirty to start the year off. It's a guy who's not used to having a competitive car in race. Like he was in the mid pack, which in the mid pack you race really aggressive, fight for every spot you can get. But when you get up front. There's, it's like that kind of like class, you know, the upfront, the guys who have been there, they know how to, they know how to, they respect each other. You don't do dumb stuff to each other and it's more organized. But when he started running up there, he started making bad moves that you don't normally make around those kind of guys who are the big name guys in sport, you know, and there was talk all year long about people getting payback for him. Here we are going to Phoenix. No one's got payback for him. There he is. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Danny Hamlin dumps him come Sunday. Because they've they've had some of the biggest issues in him doing that move to get around him, but like I said, it's something everybody's been saying in, in the media all year that that you'll believe when you see it. But it's been fun. I'm excited for the Phoenix. You know, don't really fan of the track, but it should be a good good race and good championship. So yeah, so that'll be on what NBC? Yeah, NBC is covering the Cup race. It is at I believe one o'clock Central. I believe or twelve thirty. Let me check. Double check. I don't want to tell y'all wrong. It is at it's at one it's at two o'clock. It says uh, Eastern or Central two o'clock Central on NBC. Okay, all right. And, and I'm going to be a, double and I'll be double screening for the LSU Alabama game for the Phoenix for the for the Xfinity race. It's, that's a dedicated it's a very, fan right there. <laughs> I get, I, I get, and I and I and I will say this though, like I I love the Xfinity series because I think that car is a better car and the racing is better in general. And I will say hats off. Today's race was better than I expected after the spring Martinsville race, which I stopped watching to go to Wade's uh, engagement, engagement celebration because yeah, it was yeah. his night of, and it was such a boring race. Like, Oh, I got to go. I, I'm, I'll, 
had I'm no honored problems. that NASCAR Neil gave up his NASCAR event <laughs> because it was such a bad event. Like I couldn't keep watching it, and I was like, "All right, I need I need to leave anyways. I don't feel bad turning this off." Oh, well, there you go. You, you ruined it. You had you had the heartstrings, NASCAR Neil, and then I did. I, I didn't feel bad about turning <laughs> off. It was such a bad race they couldn't pass, but today they actually managed to make passes. I was like, at least they at least got somewhat fixed. I love short track racing, and even yesterday's Xfinity race, there were several big battles. For the lead, you know, the short track is the heart of what the sport is. You know, I was like, that race was like, oh, this is so much fun. I'm glad I turned it on. I mean, I was, LSU wasn't playing. So I was like, of course, I'm going to watch it now. Why not? You know, there really wasn't any good college games yesterday. But, yeah, that's all I really got for, for NASCAR, really, you know. You know, I'll NASCAR definitely send, send, in, send in what happens next week, the whole weekend and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll get an update for me on what, what happens uh, after the weekend's over. But moving from one championship to the to another – I guess uh, Neil's going to stick with us uh, for most of this show. So we're going to move from one championship to another and on to baseball and the MLB, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies and the Houston Astros are all square at one, one after game two. So crazy game one Uh, Astros jump out to a five, nothing lead early. looks like they're going to take it uh, in the Phillies rattle off a three inning, uh, three run inning and and a two run inning to get back square take it to extras and win in the 10th. Uh, Tyler, is it say more about the Phillies offense or is, is it the Astros pitching having problems against players like Bryce Harper? No, it's more the Phillies offense. I mean, we've been seeing it uh, since the wild card of this Phillies team got hot and they're, they're called the fighting Phillies for a reason. I mean, they, we saw it in game number one, they were down five, nothing. And then we, I mean, we didn't really see it in yesterday's game. The Astros, you know, only took four pitches uh, for them to go up two to nothing. It was three straight uh, doubles. And then you have Alex Bregman, uh, I believe it was in the fifth. Uh, he hit a two-run bond to put it up five nothing. But the Phillies did score two. But in the end, uh, the, the series is tied. I think that if you're the Phillies case, uh, you want it right where it is. So, you know, you took one in Houston. And now you go back to what's going to be a raucous uh, Citizens Bank Park and, you know, you already got your your two guys uh, lined up already with Wheeler and Nola, but they got to feel uh, pretty good where they stand right now. Yeah, yeah. I like where Philly's at. I mean, to be tied one to one, pretty good to go take game one in Houston. That's tough to do against Verlander. So um, I don't know. The Phillies kind of seem like the team of destiny, but Houston's kind of been the most complete team in baseball from start to finish. I know that the Dodgers had more wins, but Houston's got it all as far as offense and pitching. Um, so we'll see. Do I mean do you guys feel as though the Phillies can take both games in Philly, or can can Houston win on the road? I mean, it, it seems like Philly's been the hardest place to play in the playoffs, just because of I don't know if it's crowd environment. I don't know if they're more comfortable at home. I'm sure they are, but it it's it seems like everybody that goes into Philly doesn't come out alive. I yeah, think they'll take one off talent. I mean, you just got to think. This team won like 110 games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're Houston, you got to take one because if Phillies, oh, you know, win these next two games, I think the series is, is over with. But I think that the pitching, uh, I think that you give the advantage to Houston uh, now that they're rolling with Lance McCullers. And then the Phillies are going to be rocking with Noah Syndergaard. I mean, he's been good in the postseason, but he's a little – I mean, he's been up and down. Uh, but Lance McCullers, you know, he – you know, most of the season he was out with injury, and now he get you know the Houston got him in the postseason at the right time. So 
I think if you're Houston, I think you got to take at least uh, one of these next couple of games in Citizens Bank Park because the Phillies have yet to lose at, at a Citizens Bank Park in the postseason this year. So, yeah, this should be a real uh, fun World Series. And like I, you know, like I mentioned, I, I think I see this one going seven either way. Yeah, I think you could. I, I, at this point, we're two games in. Who do you guys see winning it? I mean, it, it, we've gotten a little bit of each team. Who, who do we think is going to win this? I'm saying Houston. I really think Houston will do it. The, the way their bats have been so far, they've been solid. I mean, you get up to a 5 nothing lead, you know, like that. I feel like Houston's probably going to have to pull, pull it off here. All right, Tyler, I'll defer. I'll defer. Oh, gosh. Well, I want to be the, uh, the uh, you know. The, you're going to be the tiebreaker? The, the check pick. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I guess – Man, this is tough because, like you mentioned, like this Phillies team of destiny is just reminding me so much of like the 2019 Nationals team and then the, the 2021 Braves of last year. So, I mean, we've seen it with this Houston Astros team. They have, uh, you know, they've gotten to the World Series and, you know, they can't beat the NL East teams. It would be so hilarious now that I think about it. Like oh, every wow. NL All East three of them. <laughs> except for the Mets. So, I kind of wanted that for that storyline, but the other storyline for the Astros to win, to just get rid of all these, like, cheating scandals and all that. So, I don't know. I'm going to just be neutral, not even big. Right back at me. <laughs> we're, we're we're on the network, so I don't want to make any enemies. <laughs> well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Houston. I do think Philly's a team of destiny at the moment, but uh, I just think that <laughs> where's our time? Pretty complete team. There's Chet. Oh, yeah. There he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course, of course, he's watching. Yeah, I, I gotta go Houston, but um, you oh, know, go Philly, Houston. Philly could do it. They got the hot bats right now. Syndergaard could get them up 2-1. If he does that, then I would shift my pick. But um, going to go with Houston, although you said put away cheating. And last night we had like 18 different camera angles of um, <laughs> them using and the illegal, illegal bat substances. by uh, Maldonado too. Yeah. And that's kind of another point is why do you grandfather in certain equipment for certain players if you're all playing the same game like that kind of I don't think it diminishes what Fultz did and that he wouldn't have gotten to the record but it's like why does he get special treatment you know like, <laughs> yeah I, I don't understand Maldonado I can't hit the first place. yeah he can't hit the broadside of a bar anyway <laughs> so you can have like a 42 inch bat a 20 inch bat he still won't be able to hit but right. for Valdez like that's a bummer because I mean I had that guy in my Fantasy baseball team, I was rooting for him all year. He was kind of one of the good stories of baseball. And then you see him taking pine tar out of his sleeve in the World Series because they have, like, you know, 20 cameras there. Uh, A little bit of a disappointment there. It doesn't make any sense to me. You go all season. You know they're watching you after what's happened in the past. But you do it anyways. And it you just can doesn't... do it in the regular season, though, because nobody's watching. I, but that's what I I'm mean, saying. wasn't there a big crackdown on the pine tar to start the, start the year off? I remember there being a big scandal yeah. to start the year off. Yeah. Was, but then everybody and, uh, yeah. Okay. I don't understand. So you bring it back in the most high-profile series <laughs> in the entire season. Every, everybody in the nation is The roof watching. was open. I mean, he was probably doing it all year long and just no one ever picked up on him because there weren't as many cameras to it. That's what I'm saying. Is he... like, and it's something like he wasn't changing to him because, like, think about it. At that kind of the pressure, do you really want to change your, your routine? You know, well, how many athletes MLB, are willing to change? They do their their broadcasting in the regular season based on the individual teams, and they have their own cameras and whatnot. And they probably do have some league cameras after what happened with Houston a few years ago, but. 
you know, like Houston can conveniently not show close-ups on uh, him pitching or whatnot, but then you get Fox there and you got some dude interviewing him on the mound because they're obsessive with camera angles. You know, you see it. I don't know. A lot of guys are probably doing it. It's just uh, they finally could have shaken that reputation and they could probably win without it, but here they are. So, um, yeah, I, oh, mean, so. I was gonna say, Wade Tyler, though, what what is y'all y'all y'all's opinion though on the on the big LSU matchup with that game with with Nola versus Bregman there? I'd rather see Alex Bregman win another ring, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'd like to see Bregman. He's, he was the dude back then. I mean, Aaron Nola was good at yeah. LSU, but Alex Bregman, he was the guy. Uh, you know. I agree. He seems to kind of be silencing the haters and doing it the right way. So I'm cheering for him. But um, yeah, either way, LSU is well represented. So Chet says it's all stage. <laughs> hey, this wouldn't be our link conspiracy theory. Wade uh, brought up Albert Pujols of his not greatness <laughs> whenever he hit his 600 home run. <laughs> I brought up an article. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he cited his works on, on figuring out what yeah. uh, it was what a research opportunity. Yeah. Uh, okay, then. All right. Well, you know, we've we've talked NASCAR and baseball for 25 minutes and we haven't made a football reference. I'm getting kind of concerned. Are we, yeah, uh, are we so still I'm getting worried about a normal self? We're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> but moving to football, now we'll just <laughs> there we jump are. straight there we, there we go. Perfect. Wait, you, you made the segue <laughs> that much better. Uh, no, I mean, guys, getting to football, a lot of upsets, you know, that happened over the weekend that we didn't see coming. Oh, and yeah, in the first fraud being Oklahoma State not being able to score <laughs> a single point on K State. So bad. I made an upset pick look real bad for me on SEC Talk and a real good one for Tyler on this show. So <laughs> nailed it. I mean, I mean, but but how do you get shut out? Like that? That's embarrassing for, for that a team is. that was that was a top ten team. They were in, even to they the backup in... quarterback too. Like Adrian Martinez didn't even play in that game. They still broke really? forty eight. I mean, Deuce wow. Vaughn had one hundred and fifty yards rushing, two touchdowns. I mean, eight. Hey, they they all talk about no defense in the Big Twelve, but K State yeah. they showed it on, on Saturday afternoon. That's for sure. That's so why I, uh, Oklahoma gets left. Oklahoma State gets left in the Big they Twelve. They could have took better. <laughs> I mean, could have took that to the bank. I mean, I mean my thing is, uh, is uh, how does this make the Big Twelve look when how so many teams that were so topped undefeated make big runs who now had terrible games with the exception of TCU. TCU keeps chugging along, you know, yeah. and doing their thing, but everybody else seems to have yeah. these. Major fraud moments. Everyone has it. You know, you have a team that looks really, really good, like Texas versus Bama, where Texas probably should have won that game, to then losing the games they shouldn't lose. Like it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's looking like a K State TCU Big Twelve championship. That would be crazy. (laughs) And that was a that was a good. I'd be tempted to go. Like, 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 I might actually have to go to that game if it happens. Yeah, that would be a good game to go to. I mean, K State was up in that game, what, like 28 to 10 two weeks ago, and then TCU and Max Duggan shows that he got it. Can I mean, we get TCU that, to the SEC and then give I mean, them, I'm like, almost tempted to actually go see TCU play. Yeah, like, I'm I mean, actually, I would love that. I'm, TCU I'm actually to the really, SEC. I'm sorry to say, is TCU at home this weekend? Because if TCU is at home, I might actually make it. They make, are. Make, they are. I might actually have to go to the, I might find tickets to go to the game. Where are they not, playing? 
They're playing uh, the Red Raiders, who just got uh, walloped by Baylor. Oh, I'm definitely going to that game. I'm definitely, I'll definitely be right, a lot more than that one, especially I might actually have to go. I might actually, I mean, that's not very far from me here in Fort Worth. We'll I might see have if to go TCU there. catches the NASCAR Neil curse, though, you know, if they lose, then you're not allowed <laughs> back. You might have to put them on upside. Oh, then. I mean, I'm, I mean, my curse at sporting events, y'all know very well. I, yeah, you but, made us lose to Troy, Neil. <laughs> And then I we did. lost to Bama in basketball. Yeah. And, and we lost to Tennessee a few weeks ago. Hopefully I can break that curse in two weeks at, <laughs> in Fayetteville, hopefully. Good. Horn Frog fans, beware. <laughs> but moving to the second upset, Wake Forest, number 10 in the country, can't hold on to that number 10 spot. They lose okay. to Louisville on the road. What was it? Did I see Ray right that they threw, what, like 21. eight picks? Okay, they scored a little bit. I mean, they threw eight days. picks in one game. I think they had eight turnovers in that oh game. Oh my goodness! Wow, <laughs> they were so Jeez. terrible. They don't have that dog in them. They got that scared. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll get to that segment. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll definitely get to who got that dog in them. Martin don't. Yeah. <laughs> after after that performance, our parlay you know, doesn't because we had Wake Forest covering and they got walloped. They did not do anything. All they needed to do was win by two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> like it wasn't it was it wasn't a lot to ask for. But and then the the second pick, not an upset pick, but I'm upset about it. I guess that makes it okay. Uh, Ohio State torches uh, Penn State in the fourth quarter, scoring 28 unanswered. Uh, to win it in the fourth quarter, uh, final score forty four twenty or forty four thirty one. I don't understand how you can throw three interceptions or th- two interceptions and two fumbles. And uh, both two of those were back to back on back to back drives that ended up one play scoring a touchdown on both of those. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> yeah, it was a hard start for Penn State. I mean. One turnover, like it was like two turnovers, really back to back drives. I mean, Sean Clifford uh, was not looking too good. I mean, in Ohio State, I mean, I, it could have been a lot worse. I mean, Ohio State could have been up like 14 to nothing, 17 to nothing, but Penn State's defense uh, really did a good job uh, in the first half. And, you know, Penn State was able to get the lead 21 to 16 uh, with uh, Katron Allen on the fourth and goal. But, man, some of the play calls and, you know, decision-making by James Franklin was just horrendous. I mean, they were literally – it was a fourth and one at the 10, and they are like, okay, let's just go for it. And, you know, without, you know, kicking a field goal and, you know, going up like 17 to 13. Instead, you know, they didn't get it. But all in all, uh, I mean, Ohio State's offense, uh, you know, looks sluggish against Penn State. I mean, Ohio State's defense are really – crushed uh, you know they had four turnovers like one guy had four turnovers himself so it was just another uh, James Franklin game again I mean this is as good as Penn State's gonna get with him I mean you're gonna get to these big games and they're just gonna lay an egg yeah. oh Tyler I will have to add to that though with that game though with, with Franklin's play call of going for the field goal twice missing it both times and then the finally deciding oh, that to, was, just to go that was it. like the worst sequence I've seen I mean, this week I, 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 I flipped it on and I was like Okay, and I was fully expecting to go for a third time because the because the kicks got better and better. Then I'm like, I'm like okay, in with the series with the with like the penalties, I'm like, yeah. this is a weird situation here. I'm like, you have to you have to go for the field goal here a third time because the odds of you missing it a third time like that yeah. is just insane. But then they brought him out. I mean, at least they, I mean, at least they got the first down when they decided to run the ball yeah. there at least. But still, 
it was a crazy sequence there. I was I was laughing during during the entire. Those time were two terrible kicks. I mean, I don't know how that kick was a scholarship. Laugh. Those were chip shots. Yeah, they were. Yeah. But the funny part is, is both of those were chip shots. They end up getting the touchdown, and then they're down by, I believe, ten at the time. Yeah. And they were just trying to take points, and he can't make two inside thirty yards, but. Nope, they back him up. He's kicking a 45-yarder, and he nails, <laughs> he nails it. <laughs> it's those close kicks, though. Those close kicks mess people up. Like, I mean, you see it all the time in the NFL. I mean, I mean, the Titans have been notoriously bad about it last year where where Randy Bullock could miss the close ones that they can drill a 45-yarder three times in a game but miss miss two extra points. Sometimes it's that closeness that mess, mess them up, messes them up sometimes, it seems like. I feel Missouri's like- kicker missed a 21-yarder. That's terrible. Like, that is that's <laughs> they could have put away South Carolina early or early in the fourth quarter. The dude shanked like a 21 or 22 yard kick, but then Spencer Rattler threw a pick on the very next play. Wasn't that, that the same kicker that like missed a 26 yard field goal? Uh, Against to be Auburn. Auburn. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yikes. Uh, he wears he like full the- pads. He looks like a like a defensive end. Like, yeah. He just, he has the like he's in like five Big Macs. The I mean, he's like Fat Randy. You know, Randy. <laughs> Randy, man, he's still kicking strong for the Titans, man. He's been Randy. doing good. So, well, speaking of kicking, uh, I think the best play all weekend long was a field goal attempt uh, by Oklahoma. Yes. He's the greatest play I've seen all season long. Uh, uh, I have a rant on that, though. I'll let you cover it, and then I'm going to give you my two cents. <laughs> okay, all right. But all right. they snapped the ball on a field goal and pitch it back to. Their kicker and their kicker decides to run it straight up the middle as everybody just fans out and lets him just walk in. Man just zoomed into the end zone. I was so confused. I thought there was a flag on the field at the time, and I'm sitting there waiting for it. Nope. And then he just walks right in. I was like, I I I don't even think they understood what happened like when he made it in the end zone. They seem to put the kicker at running back because shoot, that was like the best that Oklahoma's offense has looked all year. That was their highlight play of the year. Yeah. All right. Ready for the rant? I'm ready. Give me your rant. Come on. All right. Two things. One, that would have been incredibly fun if that was like a 45-yard field goal attempt. And, like, we got to see the kicker keep running. And we get to see him get, like, chased down like a little gazelle or something by a lion. Um, (laughs) Two, I don't understand why that play is not dead at that point. And I've always said this on fake field goals. If the holder possesses the ball – on the ground with his knee on the ground, then that should be a dead ball in college football. In the NFL, maybe not because he's not down by contact. But, you know, LSU did it with Brad Wing or whoever that was. And, you know, you see They do with every kicker that came through. Les Miles called that literally every year. But why is he not Florida Florida 15. You remember that in 07 when they did? Yeah, I was mad then. I'm mad now. (laughs) Why is his knee down? I think it's funny because, like, it's not the normal – kicker pitch you know where they just toss it out and he just runs a pitch play it's just a here's yeah, the ball runs he just landed it off he was like oh here you go like on a silver platter <laughs> now here's the end zone here you go like, my thing is though is it what prompted that was was it was like a bad snap he, he wasn't wasn't able to get a good hold to it or like no no it was designed it was, it was yeah. a design play call because I mean, at the time was, i couldn't quite tell it was weird know, but was it was going. designed yeah i was state didn't I know. know it was coming to them but i will say i'm also the opinion though is that if you punt the ball to the uprights, it should, it should count as a field goal. And that's kind of a – and I, my understanding, that's not kind of – that you don't get three points. I'm like, in that kind of situation, if the 
guy can punt the uprights, that should be three points. But you can if you drop kick it. If you let it hit off the ground and then you kick it, that yeah, thing. yeah. That's, that's to me. It's kind of dumb. Like also, I'm in the opinion if you kick it, kick off through the uprights, it should count for. I well, agree with that. That'd be a I, fun. I, I wouldn't say three points, but I'll give you one, one point. point if you do. Yeah. Yeah. Like instead or, of going or, for two, like if you could bring the football, out. like you get like one point a tackle, you get like or I say like two, but no, 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 give it two as a safety, make make similar to safety, you know. But yeah, like I'm with like to me, like that would make kickoffs more interesting, you know, it because was. most most kickers can already can already get to the back of the end zone at the NFL level, you know. Well, it'd be, it, it would be interesting, like because guys wouldn't play for overtime anymore. Say like the score's tied, like thirty thirty, and you've got like 10 seconds left. It's like, I don't want to kick to them. I'm just going to pound it through the uprights and win the game. Yeah. With you just hold it. Like go for it on fourth down. That and, to me though, and to me though, when you do that though, it should, that should also count as a touchback though. It shouldn't reset. should be do that, get the point that they need the, 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 the ball at the touchback, touchback point. You know, yeah, you I mean, shouldn't if reset. it was a miss yeah. even, you'd have yeah. to give them the touchback. Yeah. I mean, I think if you do that, if it does that, it's similar back to the end zone, it goes out of the back of the end zone. It's a touchback, but you get the additional point there. To me, that's the best way to solve it. Then you add another wrinkle to strategy of football, make it more fun and make yeah, gets rid of concussions on exactly. It solves that problem too. But also get hey, I would love that being an LSU fan that you know like every special teams how bad it's been. Like shoot, I would love that. I don't know if Ramos is getting it there, man. No, but yeah, true. But but I will say though, during the during the Avery Atkins era, we could have very well had a bunch of points. We could have had so many. We would have broke those. Be another position to recruit for. You know, somebody has. Just give me yeah, an idea. I mean, and, and you think about the NFL, like most NFL's guys, they already get they already most of them already kick out the back ends anyways, you know, but a lot of times they don't to try to pin them, you know, deep, you know, if you have if you have a good kickoff team, you know. I think it'd be fun just another way, you know, someone just squib it'd make it it'd make kickoffs more interesting, you know, of what you kind of do for that situation. Yeah. And moving on, look, I, I think this is the greatest thing of all weekend and the funny part is is it's always lane kiffin late in the season doing something funny yes i just i, I think it. it's great he gets asked what he would be dressing up for halloween and his statement is quote maybe jimbo has a joker outfit for me oh my gosh <laughs> this was he told somebody on the sideline to fake an injury on yeah. i mean and you're going to ignore the fact that he changed hoodies at halftime and they started doing better once he changed hoodies. I'm like, if that isn't peak lane, yeah. I don't know what is. It wasn't the first time. Yeah, he did the same thing when they were uh, struggling against Vanderbilt and he changed to the white hoodie. So he did it again and they ended yeah, up winning. So, I mean, it's, I mean, those are and those are two teams that I have fun experience with, not just under the current coaches, but in general. Both those teams, I have fun experiences being around those people. And they always, they always had entertainment, inter- entertainment with those two teams. So it, it just cracks me up to see every time those two teams play. I think the most entertainment in an almost football game is watching the sideline, them just spraying a fire extinguisher on the sideline. Uh, I, I, I don't know how something didn't happen on the field. Uh, I mean, it just seems wild just to see yeah. giant. White smoke on the, yeah. on the oh, sideline. It's either that or Lane throwing up his clipboard whenever Ole Miss scores a touchdown. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I will. I will say though that y'all need to have me back sometime during the either in the football season just to hear some of the best stories I have from being on other team silence. I've had because I've seen almost everything you could think of there from all the coaches that are here, there, and gone. Like it's 
like you'd be some of y'all would be surprised stories i haven't even told told some of y'all don't even know about some of these stories of just craziness that's happened like it's puts what y'all have seen and probably seen and heard to shame sometimes so we're gonna bring you on whenever they fire jimbo fisher and brian harson yes <laughs> i'll come on and be happy um, How is Brian still hanging on in all? I don't know. I figured out why. I finally figured out why. Because they director. don't have an athletic director. Because well, they will because now. He's gone. <laughs> it, 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 apparently, apparently, they've hired uh, Cohen from Mississippi State. I've heard. Yep, that's what I've heard. Which, so I've heard that too. Which now it could be they could fire me time now, Man. and just and just have him do the coaching search on the side now. You know. But Mike Leach to Auburn, baby. Mississippi State is slowly becoming athletic director of you. I mean, Scott Strickland's now at Florida looking like uh, Cone's going to Auburn. And, are, and now and they Cone's have good, Greg though. Burns at uh, Alabama. So, I mean, the right next now. great athletic director is going to be at Mississippi State. <laughs> and then go somewhere hey. else in the next 10 years. All yeah. right. I mean, yeah. But yeah. So. It, moving on, it look, speaking – uh, of all the craziness on the sidelines and everything moving on from the sidelines and moving into the tunnel uh, <laughs> Michigan obviously gets the win against Michigan State uh, not a whole bunch of points scored in the game 29-7 uh, Michigan looked like they struggled to score some offense uh, which is interesting but uh, I don't know if the bigger story is is uh, you know I don't think it is a big story, but Michigan State only scoring seven points or Michigan only scoring the 29. I mean, a team that's consistently put up 40 uh, each week. So it just seems kind of out of the norm uh, for Jim Harbaugh's team. But uh, moving into the tunnel after this game, uh, in an altercation that two Michigan Wolverine players get jumped by a whole bunch of Michigan State players, um, and Jim Harbaugh, I guess, released the fact that, uh, you know, it was an assault on his, on his two players, uh, in the tunnel. I don't know what y'all's views are on single tunnels on football fields. I mean, uh, this it, setup it, for that yeah. stadium is so stupid. Terrible. <laughs> it's it, terrible. Like I mean, how, like, how do you have like that much bunny as a football program and you can't, you know, build like a visitor locker room and then like a, you know, brand spanking new home locker room. I just don't get it. They ran out of space, they got too many seats. And this is coming right after it's a few weeks ago with Penn State, you know, and how James Franklin said, you know, made a big statement about it, you know, and then Harbaugh's like, oh, no, it's fine. This never happens. And now two weeks later, this is happening yeah. again. Like, like comes back and to I, And I believe it was Notre Dame recently installed a new second tunnel as well. I believe I believe they're the ones that actually built out a recent additional tunnel for the home for the home for the visitor team, which led to that whole issue with with the Purdue. Uh, drum or some of that. I remember recently a year or two ago that hat was a big deal about that, you know. So, yeah, I mean, just, you, 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 you can do it, but it's expensive. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you have so much money in your athletic fund. Uh, just go add a locker room in one of your other tunnels. You have you have two other tunnels. I mean, it doesn't uh, have to be nice. Just make a visitor's locker room. I mean, I mean, I think they should put a little. There's a lot of really bad ones in the SEC. Yeah, just look at Iowa's. Like they paint their visitor locker room pink. LSU's visitor locker room is pretty bad too. You could be like Clemson and ride a bus from your locker room to the other side of the field. That's <laughs> I knew that you would bring that up. I couldn't afford that in today's society with the gas money. I don't know about that. <laughs> that that uh, we just shuttle them in from the student recreation facility locker room and 
See, I think I think they should just all come down the hill in golf carts. I mean, the coaches <laughs> just ride golf carts anyways. Just come down the hill full speed in a golf cart. Uh-uh, <laughs> Davo makes that a, a game, man. He sprints uh, on Or they could just, you know, build a, a slide. Uh, they could slide down the hill like they do yes. in their uh, athletic more facility. Wet slide. That'd be real fun. <laughs> but Davo, uh... like – Devo Swinney must do Pilates or something, like just to be able to do that. It just seems like he shouldn't be able to do that, and he runs down the hill so man, fast. He down the hill. I'm waiting for him to wipe out. <laughs> yes, I'm a wheelchair man. I hope. Like I hate to say it, but uh, uh, Jacob, no, but I want. I, I I want to say it. Have I want to see it so bad. Like I, okay. I want to see. I want to see Devo wipe out so hard. <laughs> Neil like, said it, not me. I want to see it happen so bad. Like, please let this happen. Like, I, I, I don't, I can't stand Davo personally. So it's, I want to see it happen really badly. Like, you're ready still, for like, it. Comes in as a whole, but it's there's okay. going to be another pizza party. It looks like this year. Oh my gosh! Great, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, but hopefully, we can have a pizza party with uh, some of our upset picks. Uh, yes. So we'll jump yes. straight into our upset picks. For this weekend, I owe you pizza money I for guess... last week's upset pick. Do, yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll start with uh, we'll start with our not so uh, familiar person on the show with Neil. We'll start we'll start with Neil with this upset pick. Okay, so I'm going to Vandy over South Carolina this week. Like I think Ooh, South time. Carolina, they look so weird and hot and cold. Vandy looks decent some weeks. They play some teams closer than you should have ever expected them to play. It's partially a homer pick for me, Vandy being the other team I have a soft spot for. But I think Vandy pulls it off. I mean, they're a seven and a half one underdog, but I see it happening maybe. So that's my pick. All right, good. I, I All right. guess, Wade, go ahead and take it. <laughs> All right. All right. So we dogged on the Oklahoma State. Cowboys for getting blanked 48 to nothing against Kansas State. You know, and I picked Oklahoma State to win. So they kind of irked me by losing by 50. So I'm going to go back to the Kansas Jayhawks here. We had a successful upset pick with them earlier in the year with them knocking off Houston and then knocking off um, who'd they beat on college game day? They beat someone. Or did they lose? At the no, they game? lost to TCU whenever. Right. Well, they game. gave them a fight. So I think that they knock off Oklahoma State and Oklahoma State spirals downwards into a fraud. You know, they're not even going to be in the top 25. So, But they are four and a half point dogs. So Vegas does not agree. Tyler, take it away. Well, now I got to divert because I was also on the Kansas train. Uh, see, this is why we have to announce a pregame. Pre- okay. Um, but uh, I liked uh, – Neil actually was on this uh, for a brief moment. I'm going to go with the Notre Dame Fighting Irish upsetting Clemson. I just feel like, you know, Clemson's been eh, up and down. You know, their offense has been up and down as well. I think that Notre Dame's defense uh, is playing to their potential. I think that their offense is good enough uh, to score points. Uh, you know, we just saw them against a Syracuse team. I mean, this was a Syracuse team. You know, the first play was a pick six. So, I think at home in South Bend – I mean, the line's only four points, so Vegas must know something as well. So I'm going to go with uh, the Clemson Tigers beyond upset alert. Good pick. That's a great pick. Uh, Here it, host. Yeah. Was that yours? No, no. Okay, good. (laughs) uh, I'm going to roll with the Texas Longhorns to get it done. K-State's right off a big win uh, against Oklahoma State. 
I'm going to go with the Longhorns to win on the road. Uh, I, I think it's 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 a time when Texas needs a win. I know they're they're out of everything basically at this point, but Texas needs a win just to get back on the train. They they've had some problems uh, recently, and I I just feel like this is their one time to do it against a team ranked 13 in the country now, K State. So I mean it it's a big game, uh, and I think they want to they want to get rid of a little bit of the bad blood and uh, I think K-State might be looking a little bit too far ahead, you know, looking at that ranking at 13. Uh, yeah. But hey, for me, that's that's it. They're, booking their, they're playing tickets to Dallas already, you know. You're right. Oh, they're man. coming off of that high and, you know, they, they got to come back down to earth against Bags Texas. Are packed, so like but they got to go through Texas wow. first. Uh, so Chet, our, our normal uh, <laughs> host of the show, uh, He's going to roll with LSU over Alabama this weekend. Wow, big surprise. <laughs> big surprise for all of us. Uh, I think we'll probably spend the most time talking about this, but I, I think that LSU has to be able to stop. I don't think offense is the problem in this one. I think it's defense. I think really? LSU's defense. I think, yeah, I think it's the other I, I think LSU's defense has to step up. Uh, this is. This I'm, in is the, kind of, I'm in the other way. Not that, that they're playing bad. I just feel like if you're going to beat a good team, uh, now's the time for your defense to step up. I mean, all the close games that they've played has been because of LSU's defense. So uh, I don't think you can afford to go in a shootout with with Alabama because can't I don't think get down early. Play. That's for sure. Uh, that yeah. is the key there. You can't get down seventeen to three. This game is over. Yeah, yeah, Bryce Young will pick apart that secondary if they let him, and gotta gotta establish dominance early and force a few and, three and outs. I think to to hang in there. And I want to say on this though, I think I think what you said though about about adding pressure to Bryce Young though, and I think LSU's front D line has been really strong this year. They've had good moments, especially with with, with Harold Perkins being as effective as he is, and the way they've been able to utilize him more in the dime situations and keeping him in there and being the, being the uh, factory he has been as a freshman, you know, him and BJ rushing has shown to be a effective stop and, and, and we can stop the run. And if, if we can, if we can shut the run, which shut down the run, which I think LSU is very capable of doing, then it's going to put the pressure back on the secondary. And we're also getting major burns back on, in the secondary, which I think will be huge for the for LSU corner. You know, he has been very solid for us last year, last two years, you know, you know, and him coming back from the injury, I think it's going to be a big timing for the LSU secondary to make to make them more effective. Yeah, yeah absolutely. He can slide yeah. right in and kind of provide some relief for um, Jay Ward and number three uh, a little bit. So that'd be good. Yeah. And the other thing being, you know, can LSU run the ball against Alabama? I mean, I think they're going to have to have a balanced attack against Alabama. It's not going to be a passing game because uh, I think they'll yeah. get – taken advantage of in that yeah. sense but i feel like if the best way to beat alabama is in their secondary uh that's looked the <laughs> weakest out of it out of yeah. everything yeah so and it's, it's and bad. that's and that scares me because lsu's passing has been so hit or miss out and cold daniels yeah. always wants to tug and run with it which i've been a big critic of i think he runs too much with it and stuff and the big question is whether or not uh jack bench is gonna be back i know he didn't play last week with the with the back injury stuff so i think if he comes back that helps out a lot because in some of those closer games where the where the rest of the wide receiver core couldn't do anything, he was always there as a consistent open threat. And I feel like having him as a good backup and things get tight will be big for LSU. So, 
I mean, I think that will be a major factor whether or not he does come back or not. I know I don't think they've said anything quite yet on him. So, yeah. Yeah. After the bye week, theoretically, you would think he would be probably good from the back slash concussion, at least in some capacity. Like you said, coming off the bench in the slot. Um, you know, just kind of. You could almost even put in him with Mason Taylor and run some crossing patterns, almost as like a tight end. Um, I mean, and he was a tight end originally when he came in here with, with, with more of that tight end, you know, the offset tight end, you know, slot tight end kind of situation. And then but then we started using more on the outside because he was kind of effective with it last year. So and I'm excited to see. I think if he comes back, Kayshawn's finally started to get some more serious production out of him, you know. And then our run game has been relatively strong lately, you know. So it's exciting to see kind of what happens, you know, with, with overall on that side of the ball. Do you think Brian Kelly hushes some people up with a win here? Yes, oh, because that's yeah, going to put us already up. done it. Already, he makes it. noise. He generates noise. Not even hushes people up. He makes. I mean, the way I look at it <laughs> is if is if we win this game, then we're all, then we're number one in the SEC as a direct standout, and our last three games shouldn't be major games. You know, you know, we got Arkansas on the road, come back to UAB, then we go to, on the road to A and M, and both those two SEC games have been struggling as of late. Arkansas, you never know, is the boot. You know, then then also LSU in recent the last couple of years haven't been able to win in College Station. But if we win this game, the momentum and they don't it doesn't get in their players' heads going to Arkansas, you know, we can see us being in Atlanta. You know, yeah, right? it, it seems like a weird way for LSU to somehow creep up further up the rankings with the college football playoff rankings coming out. It just seems like with these, some of these teams falling right at the ten mark, or, or a little, a little bit above it and below it, it seems like it's giving them room to move up. And uh, you know, who knows? I mean, this might be a year where a two-loss team slips in just because of what's happened. Um, I mean, if TCU loses a game, they're definitely going down somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and the same with Clemson. I mean, their toughest test is this weekend. So I, that I think it, the door is wide open, and I think. Uh, LSU is either going to run through it or run into it. It just it it seems like uh, this is this is the big test, and it always comes down to this. Whenever uh, it's it's also kind of exciting to see that that Atlanta could be set this weekend potentially. You know, you would think you know you know because almost without a doubt, whoever wins the Tennessee Georgia game is going to is going to go to Atlanta from the East. Yeah, they're going to. You know, and then and then and I still think there's a way if LSU loses to Bama, then Old Miss figures out a way to beat Bama. We could still creep in there with 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 the whole three way situation. Still insanity to me that, and I'm not counting Lane Kiffin out against Saban. At some point, he he's going to get the win against Saban. At some point, you know, he kind of thought it might have been last year, but I mean, Bama has issues stopping the run run as of late. You know, if and that's what Ole Miss is known for and good at. So we never, you know, it could if it's not said this week, we can be said next weekend for sure. You could even see a rematch with Bama and Tennessee in the SEC championship, which would be wild. Uh, and that definitely would have college football implications. Oh, yeah. Um, for sure. Be but, fun. Uh, yeah, it'll be a good one, especially this weekend with all the games going on. Uh, but, of course, we've gone almost an hour without a, without a sponsor. So I, I can't go any longer without a sponsor. So, Tyler, please, uh, please display our sponsor for us. Um our first one is Fanatics. If you guys want to go pick up all your gear for the late college football season, we're getting to the conference championships. Of course, we've had the argument about whether we're going to buy championship shorts or shirts or we're going to just hold out 
for national championship shirts. I like it, it uh, it's been a ongoing debate, but if you guys want to go pick up uh, any of your gear over at fanatics, they've got great deals going on right now, especially around Thanksgiving. What is the code for today? Well, with Halloween uh, tomorrow, the code is treat. So you can get 25% off site wide. I will add you guys, I have y'all, I have used y'all's, y'all, y'all's promo code recently. So, all right. You know, mystery $440 purchase. Did you buy some NASCAR <laughs> gear? No, this was, this was a few weeks ago. I used it with my family to buy stuff for the LSU Tennessee game. So, okay. okay. Well, yeah. Still someone that used it for $400 to, to step up and uh, claim. We'll give you like a little shout out or something. I don't know. But, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Shoot, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> that's it. I, I just I'm I would never spend that kind of money. I, I especially on that kind of like stuff. I'm just not one to like be material about like my gear. I just I just use the same stuff over and over again. It just it never. I mean, I haven't bought bought college gear since ever because I've always, I because I still have a whole drawer full of stuff that I don't hardly ever wear. But moving uh, on to. Uh, the backside of the sponsor, and of course, that being our top four, because uh, of course the rankings come out. Uh, I believe what Tuesday? Yep, yes. Tuesday. Oh, good. So we might see, uh, like you said, like LSU might be number ten or something. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't bank that far. I would Who say knows? fifteen. Uh, it's good for ratings though. So fifteen. So up for the rankings. Fifteen they, would be my best guess. Done uh, crazier, but I wouldn't be shocked uh, if you know. If Tennessee's number one. Yeah. So speaking of the top four, who's going to lead it off for us? Who's 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 going to be the big guy to jump in and uh, and lead it off? NASCAR Neil, lead us off. Okay. So <laughs> number one, going with Tennessee, where they played. You know, I think it's kind of weird to have it this week of all weeks because because I have Georgia number two. That that the, the winner of this game is going to obviously take it number one. Uh, my number two, my number three team. Is Ohio State? They've been pretty dominant. You know, they're probably going to come down to them in Michigan. I think, you know, for the, for for the lot, you know, for the in that situation. Number four, going with TCU. Actually, I think TCU. I mean, I, I they're in the field. They're playing good ball. You know, kind of playing pretty dominant and stuff. So, you know, if if they go undefeated, I think they have to sneak in at number four or three. And if you end up getting a two SEC team situation, kind of how it follows, I can see them easily getting in as a three or four team, if, if they stand defeated. Well, I'll save everybody the time because I am exactly the same as Neil. Um, honorable mention, Michigan's hanging out there at, at five, Clemson at six. So definitely I'm, some room for those teams to get in I'm, there. I'm with you on that. I said I have Bama at six, honestly, on that. Right. Of, but, yeah, I think I think that Michigan-Ohio State game in the regular season is going to be big determination of the playoffs. And I wouldn't be surprised if you end up with, with the two SEC t- – Versus versus two big, you know, versus versus Ohio State and Michigan. Is I think if that, that last game plays close, how do you not put the two of them in the same situation as SEC? In One years? of those two conferences can for sure sneak in two teams, but they're going to need a little help in the ACC or the Big Twelve. I think one of those conferences is going to have to have a one-loss champion for that situation. Yeah, um, I agree, but we'll see. So, Tyler, who you got? So, are we doing the playoff or like at the end of the year? Or are we doing like the top six, like for the Tuesday rankings? 
I was just going current current day, but actually, I was too. Current day? Out. Well, I'll do both. I'll do both just to save some time. So for now, uh, for Tuesday's rankings, I have Tennessee one. I'm going to go Georgia two. I mean, obviously, that's going to play each other out on Saturday. Uh, number three, I'm still going to have Ohio State, though I have questions uh, about how their offense uh, will do. I mean, their only test will be Michigan at the end of the year. And I have uh, number four will be TCU. I just feel like TCU, along with Tennessee, has one of the best resumes. I mean, they had four straight top 25 wins. So, I mean, how can you not put them in the top wow. four? Uh, number five. So all three of us have them. Well, that's yeah, number five that, but... for me uh, will be uh, Michigan, and six uh, will be Clemson. But for the playoff, I think I'm going to switch it up. I, I mean, I'm going to switch it up this week. I'm going to go a little wild card here. So, number one. Is going to be Tennessee. Number two will be Ohio State. Number three will be TCU. And the winners of the ACC will not be Clemson. It will be North Carolina. Number okay. four. Mm. But they're Matt, Brown. Matt Brown sneaking into the playoffs. There we go. <laughs> there's Man, an like underlying that. story. You know, there's an underlying story behind the ACC. And I've kind of like picked the ACC the last two years. So I, I feel like me picking. I'm riding with. Uh, yeah, that's why I'm riding with. I don't know that. He does. I just went for it, and I just said, you know what? North Carolina is going to take it. I don't know how he does it. He does it every year. It just, it's, You're an ACC guru. To predict it, but I don't know. I, um, If you want to send a job application, ACC, I, I will definitely send that back to you in a heartbeat. Uh, but it, uh, for me, I, for currently, I think that number one for me is, is obviously Tennessee. Uh, two is probably Ohio State. For me, uh, three being Georgia, and to round at the top four, it would be uh, TCU. Uh, I think five right now is uh, probably uh, Clemson, and six is Alabama. I think for the playoff-wise, I think number one would be Tennessee. I think they can probably beat Georgia. That would be a big win. Uh, Two being Ohio State still. Uh, Three, TCU. And I'm gonna sneak Oregon into number four. Um, I'm gonna All I'm right. gonna put I'm gonna put a a Pac-12 team in. I think it's time for the conference champions to actually be in the playoff. So I think it's just there's so much been around it of well, it's all about record, but we don't reward anybody for conference championships really because we've seen two SEC teams be in multiple times in seasons. Uh this just seems like the year that it could be four of the five uh, power five. I think too much has gone on in the ACC for them to be included. I think. What is your issue with Michigan though? Because I think they could easily give Ohio State the yes, Michigan, the money on that. I'm just curious, like because because I very well think you could swap out Ohio State Michigan in mind either way because that game should be really close and very well very well played. Oh well. I think the winner of the winner of that game gets the spot. I, I just don't lock. think. I mean, yeah, but, the only yeah. Problem, but don't forget about Illinois. Don't yeah, forget yeah. Illinois is there. I'm you forever indebted to Illinois. I feel Illinois, like they're going to go in there eleven and one. Game. Well, they do play Michigan on the road, so that's probably going to be like their next like loss. But hey. What imagine if they beat them like before the week of Ohio State and that would just destroy everything? I would love I just to thought of something. I, I what if what if oh, here we go? Like Bielema gets them to the playoffs. <laughs> it just no, 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 no. I'm not going that far. Bert, I better, I better say Bert, Bert ain't going to the playoffs. That ain't happening. 
It just All seems they have to do is beat Michigan and then Ohio State. But it seems that would like be a tough task. Do you, yeah, it would be. Do you put them in though? Because I don't see Illinois getting. You would have to. Do. I mean, that's you would have. I don't see it happening. I don't see it. You have to. You would have to. They lose to Minnesota, Indiana. They lost Indiana? three, like a one point game to Indiana. If they do it, they're going to screw, they're going they're going to do it. They did a couple years ago. Put Ohio State in over them. Hey, Brett like, Bielema no. got that dog in them. <laughs> <laughs> I've been talking about him every week on Coast to Coast, just because it's crazy to think that Illinois is actually leading the Big Ten West. They're they're already a lock. They're already a lock for Indiana for Indianapolis. It just seems crazy because <laughs> if. Let's say Ohio State and Michigan, you know, let's say they battle it out, and whoever uh, whoever wins obviously is going to the Big Ten Championship. But if they somehow lose to Illinois in the Big Ten Championship, everybody there has a loss. So is it the case of who wins the Big Ten Championship gets in? Because obviously the team that would lose the Ohio State-Michigan game is definitely out. I mean, there's no way for them to be mm-hmm. in. So I think I feel whoever, like wins that, whoever wins or, that game. I mean, I mean, Bama got in in a one-year – yeah, I feel like in that game. scenario, that would be like two SEC teams getting in. I mean, if Michigan – You think Georgia would slip game, in? Yeah, Georgia, Georgia would slip in. I mean, their only loss would be to the possibly number one, number two team in the country. Yeah. Depending yeah. if I they think... don't get blown out. If they don't get blown out, which they, they probably won't. But here's the problem for me. There's still that – there's still that spot for Oregon to even move up. Their only loss is to Georgia in a blowout at the beginning of the year. So well, then, I, boom, Georgia's in over them. They won 49-3. But but then you look, you know, who all they kind of played. And, and I know the Big Ten, what, what, what was it, the East or West that Illinois is in? I always get those their divisions it's confused. In the West. West. The, it's West. The, West. the West is, like, so bad. That's what that's they the thing. desperately they're, need to go to top two teams. I mean, come on. You just put USC and UCLA in there, and then it'll be fine. No. I mean, I mean, I'm kind of in the same situation, you know, as if that's such a bad conference as a whole that it'd be it'd come down to Ohio State getting it over them, even if they beat Ohio State thing, because strength of the schedule comes down to play in the in the CFP committee. They love strength of the schedule. They well, love the using that as an excuse is. to people. Illinois plays Michigan before Michigan has to go on the road to Columbus. So Illinois could just spoil everything right now for <laughs> Michigan in that week. <laughs> it would either be Michigan being a two-loss team after being at Ohio State if Illinois was to win that game. Yes, that's a it, big if. It's a or big if. Michigan gets the but, win in the, in the rematch of Illinois in, in, in Indy. Yeah, That'd be crazy as well. You know, be yeah. that quick a turnaround. The winner would make uh, it. Probably. I don't know. But think about this. Illinois has the number one defense in the Big Ten. That's wild to me. But they don't play anybody. (laughs) That's wild. You can have a really good defense if you play against trash teams that can't do anything against your above average defense. It seems like they're not exactly pushing teams. (laughs) Exactly. And it seems like they always come up with the craziest scores. Like it was nine to six again at one point in the Illinois-Nebraska game, and I thought it was going to be another 9-6 to six game. Oh, just the like Illinois-Michigan game. game is going to be ugly. It's probably going to be like 14-10. to 10. I mean, they're yes. going to have to prove themselves if they're going to like, – the good news is they eventually do have to really prove themselves. So, I, I mean, hey, I'm on the bandwagon now. They proved me wrong. So. You're on the – Get on Bert. Get on my train, baby. Yeah. Bert, baby. 
That was an interesting but, hire, but it's working so yeah, far. Hey, I mean, good for them. Wisconsin's decided to move on, obviously, too. I mean, you know, they've fired Paul Christ. I mean, they bring him back. <laughs> he's gonna go all. He's gonna go all the way back to to Wisconsin. Oh, it, it would be interesting for for something to happen there. I mean, you've got two new teams slipping in. It, it They're gonna hire you freeze. He wouldn't do it. Oh, oh, that would be crazy. But no, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, either Hugh Freeze nope. just signed a big new contract. He's going somewhere Wisconsin else. Wisconsin went from like having a 1940 offense to having a, the present day offense that they hired Hugh Freeze. You want my prediction? I think that Hugh Freeze is going to make an appearance back in the SEC. I think he gets the job in Auburn. Oh, I would Lord. love that, honestly. I'd be all like, actually rumored uh, before they hired Harson. So maybe they yeah. get it done. I it's a chance. I mean, I mean, either that or he goes A&M. Back to the Bible Belt. <laughs> I mean, imagine, I mean, imagine him at A&M though. That'd, that'd be even more insane. Oh no! No, <laughs> yeah. yeah. that'd be A&M at this rate should just go back to Kevin Sumlin. They were doing just as good as with him. They're doing better. Yeah, they, they, they're they, doing better. They're, better they're at least winning like nine games. They can't even win eight this rate. Because I honestly don't think Jimbo Jimbo makes it out of the year. Honestly, I think I, I think they dig 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 deep down those old wells and. Find the money to pay for him. All that money to just go, uh, you know, eight and four every year. Yeah, it's it's been a rough year for A and M and a lot of teams. Uh, and you hate to see it, but you don't. Yeah, <laughs> for for y'all LSU fans out there, you guys don't hate to see it. Uh, oh, but moving away from college football, uh, we spent a long time with college football, but we're gonna run through the NFL. And really I'm gonna quick. have to head out here before y'all do that, guys. I appreciate y'all letting right. me joining you yeah. for the CFP. You know, filling for Chad, I enjoyed it. the opportunity, you know, to hop in here and do that. You know, I do love my college football. I don't, you know, get enough credit to talk about it sometimes. So I appreciate y'all letting me join in for that. Yes, NASCAR Neil yeah. is well versed in all sports. So. Yes. <laughs> it's not just NASCAR. <laughs> no. no. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Right, see you well, thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem. And uh, moving into the NFL, guys. Our sponsor, of course, I missed an opportunity with this sponsor too earlier, and I can't believe I missed it. You got to work uh, on your transitions, man. I'm off tonight for some reason, and I should have started with this one, and I didn't. Uh, and that being the Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company, I, I feel like I was late because I should have talked about it when we talked about uh, the World Series. But yep. uh, in H Town, of course, if you guys want to go uh, get some good beer and have some good times at the Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company. Uh, in downtown Houston, you guys can head over to www.buffbrew.com. That's www.buffbrew.com uh, and get all of your alcohol needs over there and uh, have a good time. Because I've heard they've had they have really good food and I want to try it. Uh, I'm kind of a food guy. I'm a foodie, I guess. Um, so I do want to try it eventually. But if you guys want to head over there and check them out in H-Town. Uh, moving on to the NFL, guys. Uh, it, it's... It's beyond me what's happened this season. I'm not sure how I feel about it because the Browns have now decided that they want to pursue trading away Kareem Hunt. Um, Seems like the chips are down in in Cleveland. They finally decided to do something. This is probably the biggest thing outside of Baker Mayfield deciding to to leave Cleveland. what do you think? Where's who, who's Kareem Hunt even got a chance to go to? Rams, L.A. Really? Goodbye, Cam Anchors. Hello, Kareem Hunt. I mean, 
They started some dude named Ronnie Rivers today. That sounds like some made up guy in like Madden. So uh, it's the, the doors. Door. The doors there. <laughs> Daryl Henderson's on a one year contract. I mean, money doesn't really stop them. So I could see him ending up there. But uh, beyond that, I mean, he doesn't necessarily have to go somewhere and be a starter. He could go somewhere and be his current role for a playoff contending team. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Tyler is the hand raised. I got one. It's going to be the only undefeated team, the Philadelphia Eagles. This is exactly what they need. See, there uh, you go. He doesn't try, have to be number one. They don't need another back. Well, why not? I mean, Miles, I mean, they like act like Miles Sanders, you know, isn't the guy, and he just scored, you know, a touchdown, and he scored. He had a good game uh, last weekend too. Uh, so I think, you know. I mean, might as well. You might as well go all in. They've been trading for everybody. They got Robert They're trying Quinn to get Camara, man. This past week, and yeah, if they get Camara, I'm no longer a Saints fan. Let's just say that. <laughs> He's really? Not going anywhere? Yes, I'm. I'm done. I'm done with this team if they trade away Kareem Hunt. I mean, I mean, not Kareem Hunt. Uh, Alvin Kamara to the Philadelphia Eagles. It's not happening. But it it's was not happening. Right. But if it does, all I'm saying <laughs> is I'm not watching the NFL anymore. I'm just done with the sport if that happens. Keep in mind, folks, the Saints won in a blowout today. So With that, three Alvin Kamara touchdowns. Because of Alvin Kamara. <laughs> Ironically enough. <laughs> but for me, I think the weirdest place, but also the most place that makes sense for Kareem Hunt to go to is Carolina. <laughs> Strangely <laughs> enough. Uh, you don't you, trust Deontay Foreman? Uh, it's not that I don't trust him. Well, he sure does. He has him in his fantasy starting lineup. Yeah. That's so pretty good. They don't, I mean, they don't have a quarterback. I mean, unless you... But they're trying to lose ball water. games, man. Well, they sure try to win it today. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they can still win that division the more you think about it. I mean, they're only a game, what, two games out of it now? Mm-hmm. I mean, just... Kareem Hunt, he he's like 27 or something. I mean, he's... Eh. I don't think he's going to push the needle on your franchise, but he could be a guy that could run hard for you to get down um, in the playoffs and help somebody that's kind of had some injuries or something um, make it through. I mean, we've seen a lot of running backs go down and uh, teams that haven't had running backs go down might buy them as like an insurance policy, you know? They might. And another guy who might be an insurance policy on a team is Brandon Cooks. Uh, I mean, on the chopping block uh, for the Texans, it seems it, I would guess that him being the most high profile player on the Texans, it, he wants out or uh, they just don't want to pay him the kind of money anymore. And they want to go uh, even more full rebuild mode. I, I don't know uh, if Davis Mills isn't getting him the ball and he's not happy. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't be happy in Houston with the Texans, but I, I don't know what he's thinking and, uh, I think the only logical place for me for Brandon Cooks to go is Green Bay. I like that I, one. I like it. That's what I was going to say, too. That or, or, or Minnesota for me. But Yeah, okay. Tyler, you're stealing it from okay. me. Okay. Minnesota. I think that Minnesota, you know, yes. I mean, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, I feel like if they get Brandon Cooks, then that would be yeah, a really good one. Steal it from your rival, right? You know, And you get an yeah. automatic uh, quarterback upgrade. Absolutely. Yeah, that would really help them because Adam Thielen's kind of lost a step this year. Yeah. I think Cooks is as well, but that's three good receivers on the field at mm-hmm. a time. 
And it's then hard you have to stop. KJ Osborne too. You can't so. double a team Justin Jefferson if you have those three receivers on the field. And I think the for Green Bay, I think Green Bay is the first on the list for me only because you can't tell me that Alan Lazard is your number one receiver. Uh, he just he doesn't do enough uh, in in the passing offense in order in order to him for him to be a number one receiver. Him being out this week, uh, of course, he had to sit on my bench this week because he was out. I'm glad I caught it before the game started because that would have been fantastic. Um, hey, so, don't feel too bad. I traded for the guy, and then he separated his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, yikes! But it, it it seems like they need a a back. I mean, it's now time. I mean, Randall Cobb is basically on a walker. Uh, it. it <laughs> It seems it seems like it's time. I, and Brennan Cooks, you better get your cold weather gear uh, because it seems like you're going to the NFC North, regardless of the situation, uh, according to us. Uh, but I think the Saints obviously winning in a shutout today against the Raiders. The Raiders look absolutely atrocious. Um, I think Derek Carr only had two fantasy points uh, for, for the day, which is absolutely awful. I, I don't know if they controlled the ball for 10 minutes of this game. Uh, that game was very quick. Yeah. I was, very sad. It went final when like other games were just starting the fourth quarter. <laughs> yes. I think the Saints just ran the clock out, to be honest with you. Obviously, Kamara had the touchdown, so it, it makes sense. But it feels like he's the only one that touched the ball, and they just decided to run the clock out, and the Raiders were content with that and just called it a day. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's what it was. But it seemed like this was a good opportunity for them to get a win only because uh, I think the Saints have, you know, struggled to score points, I think. And it seems like this was uh, the time for a breakout game for the Saints, obviously. And it wasn't with Andy Dalton. I mean, Andy Dalton really didn't do much. I mean, a bunch of check down passes that didn't amount to anything. It was just run game to me, at least. Yeah, it was a very impressive showing uh, today for the Saints, much needed, especially on the defensive side. I mean, the Raiders didn't cross midfield into the two-minute war, and that was with their backup quarterback, Jarrett Stidham. I'm sure Auburn fans and Baylor fans uh, remember him. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the running game for, you know, Josh Jacobs, so, you know, was the first Raider to, you know, to rush for 140 yards consecutively in three consecutive weeks, and, goes to this game, you know, the Saints defense only allows 38 rushing yards. So, right, you know, the Saints defense, you know, the past couple of weeks, they, you know, let up 40 points against Arizona, let up 30 against uh, the Bengals. A lot of big plays, but a lot, you know, the matchup that I saw was Devontae Adams on rookie cornerback uh, out of Tennessee, Alante Taylor. I mean, Devontae Adams only had one catch for three yards. So you got to give credit to the rookie cornerback, especially, especially stepping up for, you know, injuries of Marshawn Lattimore and then Bradley Roby. So I think, you know, the Saints offense, you know, Alvin Kamara, you know, went into this game with zero touchdowns on the season and he does a hat trick. So maybe there can be some momentum uh, going forward uh, for the Saints offense. And so maybe this will be the spark uh, for this team because, you know, the NFC South is still a winnable division. Falcons are number one right now. Yeah. Speaking of the NFC South, yeah. I mean, the Falcons number one in the division after their OT win against the Panthers today. Um, Kind of an odd one. I, I think the Falcons could win the NFC South at the rate it's going, and that's crazy to think I about. I can tell you who it's not going to be. Who's that? The Bucks. Yeah, of course. He, that's uh, where Tyler was going down. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, put the my Bucks money are, on the Bucks still. 
Yeah, the Bucks look atrocious. Um, the Saints have a chance still. I mean, there's still opportunity they there. They got a tough stretch coming up. I think they have Baltimore next week, and they play some of the NFC West teams like the Rams and the Niners in like the next five, six weeks. Well, speaking of Baltimore, I wanted to get to that game. Uh, of course, <laughs> that game isn't till tomorrow. Uh, but that being, you know, the Ravens and the Steelers, kind of the battle for uh, – I mean, the entire division, that's kind of what it is. And and the Ravens uh, have looked kind of up and down for me. Lamar Jackson hasn't done uh, what Lamar Jackson normally does. And I think the Steelers' defense is kind of underrated. I feel like they're uh, better than what they look like on paper. It. It seems like they've. This game is always close, no matter what. It's it is a rivalry game, so I don't know who you guys think it has a chance to win that game, but I, I'm going to roll with the Steelers. I think the Steelers have a, a chance to upset. I'm talking about tomorrow's game because tomorrow's game is the Browns and the Bengals, sir. <laughs> hey, he's giving us the he, his, uh, week before, <laughs> a week after preview. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he is. Come on. He's a man. He's ahead of schedule. He already knows. Uh, I got to go with the Ravens. Got to go with the Ravens. I think, you know, really the, the offense is lacking because Mark Andrews got injured uh, on the Thursday night game against the Buccaneers, and Rashad Bateman got injured as well. So, really, Lamar didn't have anyone reliable to throw to. I mean, Devin Duvernay was really the target on Thursday night against the Bucs. So, I guess, like, looking forward to that matchup by uh, – you know, the Steelers with Kenny Pickett have looked up and down. You know, they got a big win a couple of weeks ago against the Bucs, uh, but I got to go with the Ravens. They're more veteran team, and I think that it would probably be a very low-scoring game because both offenses have been struggling, but I would still give it to the Ravens. I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens take that division. Just now with Jamar being out for the Bengals for a little bit, you know, they, they might have to just kind of tread water, go 3-3 three and three over the next six weeks, and the Bengals are already – down a game to the Ravens in the standings because of the head-to-head. Um, so the Ravens seem to be in pretty good shape, and Lamar's going to get his money at the end of the year. So not a lot of worries there. Yeah, and the last thing in the NFL, who's y'all's MVP so far this season? I don't think there's a clear cut for me. There is. Uh, I think I know who Tyler's going to pick. But, uh, oh, I, called I, it before. I called it before the season. He was going to be my fantasy breakout of the year, and that's Mr. Jalen Hurts. Uh, I mean, he's been doing everything. I mean, that's really the – not really the sole basis why, but he's really the main reason why that this Philadelphia team is 7-0. and I think, you know, going from last year to this year, he's made a huge jump. I mean, coming out of college, you know, people are like, oh, so, you know, can it be a good enough passer in the NFL? So, he's, he's a good enough passer now. So, I think that Jalen Nerds, you know, we haven't really seen, you know, Justin Herbert put up the numbers that I think that he was going to put up, you know, Patrick Mahomes – Probably the closest one, Josh Allen. So it's probably going to be a quarterback award. So I got to give it to the guy who's uh, on the undefeated team. So I got to give it to Jalen Hurts. You brought up a good point there. I think if the Eagles are one of the top three teams at the end of the year and they are like the one seed in the NFC, sure, I could see them winning it. But the NFC is pretty weak this year. So if they, you know, make – the playoffs is like the three seed or the four seed and kind of come back down to earth a little bit, kind of like last year's Cardinals team. Yeah. And I don't think you could give it to him. Um, and I think Josh Allen is playing equally as good. 
at a higher level of competition. I mean, he has to play really tough teams week in, week out, and then plays the Packers tonight, which, you know, they're not that great, but the defense can give you some trouble. So I, right now I think that Josh Allen is the most complete player, and I think I have more faith in the Bills being a one seed at the end of the year, and I think that team success does matter. Uh, for, for those <laughs> I'm more teams. confident in the Eagles getting a one seed. Have you seen the rest of their schedule? That is true. I think, yeah. It's a pretty tough schedule, so I think that they're at least going to be a 13-win, 14-win team. That's crazy to think that the Eagles are going to bounce back and be that good this year, Uh, but it really looks like it right right now. They were uh, buyers in the offseason. They believed in themselves. They really did, and uh, good good on them, and I think they're they're in a a smart spot, uh, especially for Jalen Hurts. I, I think he's my MVP pick right now. Uh, I'll agree with Tyler just because of what he's working with there in Philly. They have a lot of role guys. I mean, there's no huge breakout player for them. It's just a lot of role players working together. It's kind of what you used to see in New England uh, when Brady made those runs with the Patriots. You know, you got guys who just do their job at the end of the day. Uh, As far as, you know, Josh Allen goes, yeah, he's got a lot of weapons. I mean, he's got – obviously, he's got – Stephon Diggs uh, and Singletary there, who's been there forever, but and you know they seem to to kind of ride the wave of the AFC and the AFC East. I just think it's it's too easy for them to cruise to the top. And Philly has a a tougher road, I think, to get there. Um, just division wise, it's always been kind of a wild division. Uh, but this year they look like the clear-cut favorite. And for Kansas City, I just don't see Patrick Mahomes winning the MVP this year just with uh, everything that's gone on outside of it. I, I think if – obviously if Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs don't hook up as many times as they have this season and the Eagles are the same team that they normally are, then I think Patrick Mahomes would be the clear-cut MVP. But it just seems like a different year, and uh, I think it's good for, for Jalen Hurts to – to get an MVP. Uh, but closing on that, I think we've hit everything, guys, unless you guys have anything else. But, oh, I yes, I do have something else. We forgot about it. And that's uh, the who got that dog in them picks uh, <laughs> for, for this episode. Uh, for me, for who's got that dog in them? Uh, I, I hate to say it, but it's Ohio State's defensive end uh, <laughs> with – Five, uh, four turnover recoveries, uh, that being a pick six, a uh, fumble recovery, another pick, and a fumble recovery. So I think uh, that's got to be my guy. That's an insane stat line and game for, for a young guy, freshman. Yeah, I'm going right. to give it to Alvin Kamara. He's got that dog in him. I mean, like I mentioned, coming in here with zero touchdowns to but. Sad part for me, I wish I could say my fantasy team's got that dog in them, but it looks like I'm going to lose even by scoring 170-plus points, so that kind of irks me. But uh, Alvin Kamara, three touchdowns. Probably got that dog in them. Yeah. <laughs> Alvin Kamara, though, I mean, shoot, there were so many guys who put up three touchdowns, but I feel like his was, you know, the much needed, especially for a Saints team that needed this win. So Alvin Kamara got that dog in them. I'm going to go on a similar note. I'm going to give it to Ramondre Stevenson. He has really filled in for the Patriots, given them a workhorse back. We haven't really seen that for them in years past. I mean, Damian Harris was great last year. You know, you think about LeGarrette Blunt in years past. Um, but 
those guys were kind of going backs and Ramondre is doing a great job running the ball and catching the ball at the backfield. I think him and Kamara have very similar games. I think each had like seven or eight receptions today. So it's, it's good football and he's carrying that team. I mean, they're just kind of average without him. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's going to probably be it for our show tonight. We get, we're an hour and 30 minutes guys. Uh, it was a long episode, but uh, of course, uh, you guys can always check our show out here on Sunday nights. It's normally the four of us, but Chet is resting uh, after his very long day. So we will give him benefit. Too of the much doubt. wine at the vineyard. Yeah. Too much yeah. wine at the vineyard. He needs to cleanse his palate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he'll be fresh for next week, hopefully. But uh, if you guys want to catch tomorrow's show at 3 p.m. for College Football Coast to Coast, Tyler and I will be breaking down everything that happened. Uh, this past weekend and everything that's going to happen we think uh, next weekend as soon as you know with the rankings coming out and everything and of course with the ranks coming out I'm sure y'all are going to talk about it on Tuesday night it will be on Tuesday this week no Pels game until Friday (laughs) so we're good (laughs) back on the schedule for Tuesday for another week (laughs) but uh, thank you guys so much for watching Uh, and if you guys want to see any more of our content of course you guys can uh, head over to Facebook and Twitter, and of course on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast and Spotify. And uh, we will see you guys next week. What's up, everyone? Let me tell you about a company called Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or even your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm to get started.